future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Hello, and welcome to Live, Love, Thrive, Women's Empowerment Hour, brought to you by 360karma.com. You know, every week I am so incredibly grateful and excited to have on such amazing guests. And today, I'm honored to have on Nina Tassler, who is a producer, author, and also the former chairman of uh, CBS Entertainment. And later in the show, we're going to have extraordinary uh, actor Harry Ford, who plays Angus on Code Black. And he'll join us a little bit later. But right now, please give a warm welcome to the remarkable Nina Tassler. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. I heard you marched. I did. I was in D.C. on the Women's March, and it was uh, great to be part of history. It really was, yes. I I was here in L.A., and uh, it it was amazing to see it really all over the world, right? All over the world. And I'll tell you something interesting. Um, Because of the way the cell towers were, for most, for a good part of the beginning of the rally and the march, we didn't know what was going on outside of D.C. And all of a sudden, when we picked up cell signals, you could hear people gasping when they were getting signals of what was going on all over the world. Yeah, we had no idea. It was great. You know, in L.A., I heard they pulled a permit for 1,000 people. Mm-hmm. And then I had uh, Dina Katz on, who's the co-chair of the event uh, a week before, and she goes, "Oh, Catherine, I think we, you know, we were thinking then fifty thousand, but we might have up to two hundred thousand. I'm yes. like, wow, two hundred thousand, and I have goosebumps just talking about it because we had seven hundred and fifty thousand here. Yes, how many were in, in DC? I think it was north of a half a million, and they were yeah. saying between uh, half a million and seven hundred fifty thousand yeah. people. So it was the largest march in history. Yes. Now, how wonderful is that? So I love that we're putting a positive spin on all this, right? Uh, absolutely. Because it looked like a setback for women's empowerment. And since that's what our show is about, and women like yourself who are, you know, working that in that uh, arena of trying to help empower women. Exactly. Uh, and, and myself, that it, it felt like a setback, but we're actually igniting a huge fire of activism that seems really positive. It's It was very much the spirit of the day, and I think we're carrying it forward into uh, into our daily lives yeah. and, uh, you know, making it a part of something that we can do that, that, that makes us feel like we're having an impact, we're affecting change, yes. we're part of that change, and right. we've got a lot of support. Right. I, I feel like it's... Um, really senseless to sit around and and talk about how upset we are about it i just think you know what can we do like what what action can we take and we do have to keep that action that that momentum going right we do have to keep that going and it's funny because in 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 my book what i tell my daughter one of the things that is very important in sort of passing on a legacy to your daughter of empowerment is sharing stories of our mothers, our grandmothers, um, and other women in our lives and families right. who have fought the good fight and won. Right. Um, and, and that they've had setbacks, but right. they've overcome those setbacks and continued to thrive and survive and, and be heroes. Right. And, and really, this is what our show is about. It's about, uh, you know, most women have overcome a lot of ob- obstacles to get where they are if they're successful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we'll talk a little bit about that because uh, I think two things are interesting. One is in the entertainment industry, 
Um, you know, you have had amazing accomplishments. Uh, one of the most influential women in television and uh, one of the most influential Latin uh, people <laughs> in television. So thank that's you. quite an honor. And and yet, I think the average layperson, um, you know, if you're here in Hollywood, it's one thing. But if you're the actual layperson, you don't even know who's running these networks or, you know, who's who, who are the women that are doing incredible things in this industry to champion women leads and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and things like that. Um, so I'm so happy we're going to talk about that. And also, um, people don't know anyone's uh, really true beginnings. And I love talking about that because right. I think it makes us who we are today. And it helps us to helps our viewers to understand that, you know, the, the successful woman who's doing amazing work in the world is just like me. Right. And so your background uh, it was so interesting to me that, you know, you grew up in upstate New York. I did. I did. And you are as Many people probably don't even know you're part uh, Latino yes. and part Jewish. Yes. Um, and that was challenging for you, right? Very Growing much up, so. Very multicultural. Much so. Multicultural and a time when um, this was, uh, I want to say, early 60s. Um, we moved to upstate New York. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents owned a children's camp upsta uh, in upstate New York in from 1963 to 1972, oh, cool. um, which was great. Yeah. Um, but I was the only, and we one of the few families um, who owned a camp in upstate but who stayed there during the winter months. So I went to school there. And oh. I was the only um, Jewish kid in my school. I was the only uh, Latina in my school. Wow. Um, which was which was very interesting. It's it was a challenge. challenge. Yeah. Um, and people, people... Challenge with a capital C. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, um, you know, one of the things that, that taught me was um, the ability to really reach out and build bridges and, and make friendships. Um, in spite of the differences that I had, you mm -hmm. know, most of my friends were Catholic or Episcopal or Methodist or whatever. And, um, and we talked about the differences of what being Jewish was and what being Methodist was. Um, and when friends would come over to my house, you know, Spanish was spoken. Uh, my mother was was born in this country but lived in Panama and then uh, came back to New York. Um, but my grandparents were lived nearby. They spoke mm -hmm. Spanish. Does this mean you're bilingual? I am almost bilingual. I can understand mm -hmm. almost everything, mm -hmm. but my father didn't speak. So, right. um, but it, it really did. Um, what about Yiddish? Do you know Yiddish? I know a little Yiddish too. <laughs> yes, I can understand a little Yiddish too. Yeah. But it did help. Yiddish Spanish. Yiddish that must Spanish. be interesting. <laughs> well, there is what's interesting. Is there is um, a form of Hebrew called Ladino, which is a Spanish Hebrew sounding oh. language, which is okay. what Sephardic Jews speak. Okay. Um, but I would say being, um, kind of of mixed cultures has really, really helped me, not only in my job, but in my personal life, mm -hmm. to be able to sort of look at people who are different than I am um, and say, look, what do we have in common? How mm -hmm. can we, how can we reach uh, how can we solve problems together and each of us feel like we've been validated and represented in that solution? I love that. Yeah. I can see how that would have been a great value and it it's certainly a value now. Yes. Um, you were telling me like communication versus conflict. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think learning how to um, articulate, um, you know, what your issues are mm -hmm. um, and, and understanding that, you know, somebody else feels as passionate as you do about their particular issues. Right. And and unfortunately, I think we're, we're kind of at a place now where, and I think 
one of the downsides of social media is, you know, just stating a position or a platform mm-hmm. on a social media site isn't a debate, and it's right. not going to really resolve anything. Right. You really need to press flesh. You need mm-hmm. to meet people and see them in person, and and look at their body language and look at their face and yes. and 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 really communicate. And I think that that's been um, that's been very helpful to me. I mean, being in a media business, yes, um, you realize how impacted we are by, you know, watching images on media, watching certain programs. But sometimes we only gravitate towards things that reflect our own positions or points of view. Right. And I think it's important that we kind of step outside of our comfort zones and um, try to step in someone else's shoes. Step in somebody else's shoes. Absolutely. So if people don't know your background to Mm -hmm. where you are today, you started off as an agent, right? I did. I started as an agent. I Mm -hmm. moved from uh, New York. Uh, after I graduated from theater school in Boston, uni- at Boston University, moved to New York. Was that first to do acting? That was first to do acting. Ah. I went. Well, this is what I'm. I've been a um, really kind of outspoken about that. You know, where we end up in our lives isn't mm-hmm. necessarily where we started. Mm-hmm. And I like to say to people, don't be afraid to edit your dreams. And right. and you know, if if life throws you some curveballs along the way, try and catch them and run with that. And right. I, I came out to California also to be an actress, but needed a job and I my first job in California was as a receptionist at a small agency in in uh, Beverly Hills oh my gosh who'd have thunk answering <laughs> telephones I love it yeah yeah it's true but most people do start at the bottom and work their and way, work up, my way and up and then I went to a big uh, bigger talent agency after that for about five years yeah. and it was in the wild west days of the 80s in in Hollywood and it was it was both um it was r- crazy mm-hmm. I mean uh, the mega agency were really uh, in charge of of this of Hollywood, mm-hmm. um, but I learned a lot. I mean, again, I also say to people, if you have an opportunity to learn, even if you're taking a step sideways where you're mm-hmm. not necessarily moving up a particular ladder, I took advantage of every opportunity to learn. I like to say, just get in the room. If you can get yourself in the room, you can listen and you can learn. And I, I was very fortunate to have wonderful bosses who who let me get in the room which was a, which really helped me a lot yeah that's great advice yeah because yeah, you don't start at the top no. <laughs> no no and then you worked your way into doing uh you were vice president senior vice president at warner brothers yes. and then eventually uh president at cbs yes. and chairwoman at, at cbs entertainment yes. and that's about as good as it gets yes, right yes yeah yes. it took a number of years but yeah. um again i was really two or three two oh. yeah <laughs> uh and I, I think the the again the the great part is I was so fortunate to have been exposed to and work with I feel some of the most talented people in our industry and the most generous people. Um, right. There was a kindness and a willingness to include me in process. So when I was at Warner Brothers, I was one of many people who got to work on ER, which right. was an extraordinary experience, um, working with John Wells, who was the executive producer, um, uh, George Clooney, Juliana Margulies, who I've worked with for years, obviously on The Good Wife. Um, but great cast, great writers. I mean, tying back to the Women's March, uh, the the day before the march, I sat and had breakfast with Lydia Woodward, who was one of the executive producers on ER. She and I have remained friends for many, many years. Um, and then from Warner Brothers to see, well, it was at Warner Brothers that I met Leslie Moonves, who was my boss for uh, all my time at Warner Brothers and then ultimately at CBS. 
That's that's a great path. Yes. Yeah. And so I think people would like to know what you're doing now. And one of the most exciting things in the realm of women's empowerment is your book, What I Told My Daughter, Mm -hmm. Lessons from Leaders on Raising the Next Generation of Empowered Women. Exactly. I love that. I think it should be a longer title, though. (laughs) (laughs) I think that can be arranged. Um, But tell us about this book, because I found it to be fascinating. Uh, I love what you did. I I know you saw that there wasn't a book quite like this out there, that there was a need for it for your own daughter. Correct. And that that was what led you to get this project started. Well, I I don't know about you, but I I learn better anecdotally. It's... um, um, I, I, you know, I was a good student and, and I love reading books that, that give me case studies and examples and steps to follow. But mm-hmm. I like learning from other people's experience. And mm-hmm. as my daughter hit her teen years, um, I... Which are always fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Challenging with a capital C. Um, and... And bold. And yes. And um, so she hit her teen years. And um, when I was growing up, I was, I, I was, I you was. You grew up? No, I, I'm just right, kidding. exactly. Uh, <laughs> they I, say that to me too. Right. <laughs> and, but there was a women's movement. Yeah. And my mother was active in the women's movement. Oh. Um, so when, when, you know, in 1972, the ERA was on the verge of being ratified. You know, right. there were 32 states had ratified the ERA, and then Phyllis Schlafly came along and torpedoed that. But, um, but here I was raising a daughter, and I said, oh, well, of course she'll be a feminist, and and of course she'll be she'll be you know she'll have good high self esteem and self confidence, and and then I realized there was no real movement for her to become a part of. If, right. if anything, she was faced with I think much greater obstacles than I had anticipated. Mm-hmm. There's a log, lot of um, negative body imaging out there in mm-hmm. the media that that is very difficult for young women to deal with. Right. Um, and so I thought, well, I'll go find a book that that tells about, and, and plus I worked. So I'm a, I'm a, a working mother um, and, and I am a fem- card-carrying feminist, as I like to say. And where do I go to get advice on how to, um, to help influence her? Um, um, and I went to the bookstore, and there wasn't a book. Wow! So I said, "It's hard to believe, isn't right? It? Exactly." But, but that's when you know you have the right idea. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So I thought, you know what? I will, I will, uh, I will reach out. I will yeah. come up with the idea, and I'll, I'll write it. Awesome. Yeah. So tell me uh, some of the people that are featured in the book, because you actually asked the advice of. A vast array of uh, women, I would say, are considered celebrities in their own right. Rather, Some. it's like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which is correct, you know, or um, Laura Bush, obviously. Yes. Um, but a b- big spectrum yes. of so I mean, share Ma- that with me. Who Marie are- Osmond, uh, um, you know, Nancy Pelosi. Um, there is presidents and uh, of major universities. Um, you've got geophysicists. You've got um, Shirlane McRae, who is the former first, who is the present current first lady of New York. Uh, Madeleine Albright, uh, oh, Cecile Richards, who's the president of Planned Parenthood. Parenthood. I'm wearing my pink. Um, and and so each of them gave you their essays about their advice to their daughters well not necessarily or, advice but yeah. it was it was more just stories and it gotcha. was stories of times in their the raising their daughters um and how they were able to sort of impart or share um instances where they 
they they helped their daughter um, realize her strength, her 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 validating her self esteem, um, and to to really strive to sort of leave your mark in in this world. Um, and what's interesting is we, I really did not I didn't want it to be preachy. I didn't want it to be a right. how to book. Right. I wanted it to be very raw and real and honest. Um, and some there's some very heartbreaking stories in there right. as well. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing know, like true stories. They right? are true stories. And yeah. when you realize sort of how much in common someone like Marie Osmond and Ruth Bader Ginsburg have in common. Right. When you realize Pat Benatar and somebody like uh, um, Sharon Osbourne have in common. Right. Um, and and that's really the uh, and then what the everyday average person completely. has in common with all of them probably exactly yeah. exactly and and so I I said we are we are a very diverse community you know mm-hmm. of mothers you are either a mother you're you know a mother or a daughter a stepmother or a sister or an auntie or something so you know you have other women in your life younger mm-hmm. women women the same age that you can influence that right. you can um, you can share your ideas and your advice with and I think that was really important Dr Susan Love. Who is um, who is married to her wife, um, mm-hmm. and she has um, she has a daughter, and so I wanted to have you know mothers who were in same sex marriages. I wanted to have mothers who were stepmothers, uh, right. and and that not one of us is the same. And single and mothers, single mothers, yeah. everything, and it was very important. Um, I feel unfortunately that we have been over hyphenated in in our community you've got mm-hmm. soccer moms working moms tiger moms helicopter moms stay at home moms yeah. and that does not apply to men Mm-hmm. And ironically, I feel that's that, interesting. Yeah, right. And yeah. I feel being over hyphenated kind of factionalizes us, it and does. It, it, it diminishes our community. And I feel that we are all one, and we want the best for our daughters, mm-hmm. our sisters, our nieces, our stepdaughters. Whatever. And and by saying no, we are of of sort of one goal, um, which is to allow you know our daughters to have a fully realized, empowered life. You know, I love that about the march. Is mm-hmm. that it brought together everybody. Oh, yeah. You know, all ethnicities, all religions, all sexualities, and the men who support us. Oh, yes. And, you know, and that's what it's going to take on this women's movement for equality and equal rights and the ability to continue to have a right over our own body and all of that. It's going to take a movement of of women. And it's so great that your uh, daughter now has a movement to become part of. Yes. Like you said, it really wasn't existing. We, we'd really become complacent. We, yeah. we, well, I think it was very interesting. I, 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 complacent, but I think we were comfortable. We were confident. We felt that, you know, we had moved forward. Right. And but we shouldn't have, because if we're, if two people have the same position and a man's getting paid more than a woman still to this day in, oh yes. in 2017, we haven't done our work completely. Well, here's what's happened, yeah. and I think it's very interesting. Um, young women are graduating from college in greater percentages than men. Mm-hmm. And what's happening is they get out of college, and um, for the most part, they're making between 92 to 95 cents to every dollar that a man is making for their first job. But what happens is a woman will marry and a man will marry, and their employer will say, you know what, you know, a, a, now the man he's stable. He's got a wife. Uh, so we, you know, really make sure that he gets supported and promoted and so on. But a woman, it's like, oh, ooh, she may want to stay home now or have she's not serious and... about her career if she's married. And then the next um, sort of life cycle moment happens and 
a man will have his children and a woman will have her children mm -hmm. and they really see that that oh now a woman will go down to making about 70 cents to every dollar that a man is making yeah well that's got to stop yeah <laughs> <laughs> thus the movement yes, yes 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 i'm glad that we're starting to get that going now uh what i told my daughter can they can google nina tassler and yes. find it on amazon it's on amazon right? yes it is and, and you've been touring the country with the book i have been i've been i've been speaking at different women's conferences which i think are are really also another way for our community to stay connected and empowered. Um, I'll be speaking up in San Jose at the beginning of February, but I've been in in, um, in Massachusetts, in Boston, and then in Austin, Texas. Uh, but it's a great way that their book is on sale right. at the conferences, but as I said, you can get on Amazon. But I really take every opportunity to talk to young women and mm -hmm. talk to um, women who are getting into, um, are looking at transitioning into different areas of their career. I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in being your own entrepreneur mm -hmm. and in the idea that your skills are portable. Where you go and what you do, you take your skills with you. Absolutely. So transitioning from one job to another, I mean, I went from TV executive to producer to author to activist. All of the skills that I have go with me. Right, right. And like you said, picking up those skills in whatever jobs you can, uh, because later in life you always find out that all those things you did, it's like a puzzle, and it all comes together at some point and, and has a value. You can't always see it at the time, right? but when it all comes together. And I think it's fascinating from your background that we talked about, where you've made it today, and to, to see that those obstacles that you had mm -hmm. actually benefited you. Because a lot of times people say, oh, I had a tough childhood, and, you know, I can imagine, you know, it, you know being, like you said, multicultural, the only Jewish kid in your school, right. you could have really you know, let that affect you. But right. instead, you've made it this positive. You've taken those skills of learning confrontation and all right. and brought it to your to your day-to-day -day work. Well, and, good drama is yeah. conflict. Yeah. I mean, it is about <laughs> conflict. Good storytelling is about, you know, there's a problem and the story is about resolving the problem. Right. Um, and I think having been, I wouldn't say I wasn't, I don't know if I felt marginalized, but I was an observer. So I, 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 I watched life. I mean, I was engaged. Thank goodness your involved. parents taught you how to deal with that. Oh yeah, yeah, very much. Well, both, like I said, coming from a Jewish Latin background, both are, uh, you know, both cultures are uh, very much story based. They're, mm -hmm. they're the narrative of, you know, you know, the Jews, we've been around 5,775 years and, and Latins have been around a long time. And part of what allows these cultures to thrive and survive is telling those stories, Absolutely. sharing those stories. Storytelling is essential. And I always say, you know, what would we really do without television and film? Absolutely. It helps educate us about things that aren't in our you know, day-to-day -day sphere, Absolutely. for one. I mean, Moonlight is a great yeah. example of a movie that's out that I had no sort of awareness of that, sort of that experience, right. and I, I, was, I thought it was brilliant. Yes, yeah. and there's so many good movies yes. out, but that's a whole other story. Yes. Uh, but what I was going to say is I know you have some new projects that you're working on, yes. and uh, besides, I mean, your background in championing things like uh, Big Bang Theory and yes. all the hits that you've brought to CBS, uh, I, I imagine the future is that you're producing now some really mm -hmm. cutting-edge shows that are helping about women's empowerment because yes. that's a focus of yours now, right? Very much so. Yeah. Um, um, 
at this point in time, and again, I loved my years at CBS. They were extraordinary and 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 gave me such a unique opportunity to work with so many different talented people. Um, and and I had we had an audience, and and really it was about servicing that audience. But now um, I'm really taking advantage of the opportunity to tell stories that are perhaps um, a little bit controversial. Um, one of the projects that I'm working on is uh, a project about the women journalists who covered the Vietnam War. Oh my gosh, um, that's great. And, yeah, and another project is about um, the rise of the militia movement in Texas. Another project is about a young girl who is large, who's overweight, and is very proud and and loud and, and sexually and active and happy Love and it. and um, and it's it's really looking at themes and issues that you know and and finding otherwise might not them. be embraced so easily by exactly. the network. So you're free to kind of do what you want now. Exactly. And that's that's an awesome place to be. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, we are going to cut for a quick break, okay. and we are going to come right back with actor Harry Ford. He's going to join us. The Live, Love, Thrive radio show is produced by 360karma.com. Are you a 360 Karma woman? If so, spread the word. Be sure to follow us on social media at 360 Karma Women on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like us and share us with family and friends. This is the year of the woman, and we are stronger together. The Live, Love, Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. And we are back with Harry Ford, who plays Angus on Code Black, and my friend. How you yes, doing? Yes, good. How are you? Good, good. Who gave me the I, first job. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Full I circle. know. That's why I wanted to have you on together. How fun is this? Amazing. I know. And I know coming from Tennessee, you were telling me you never dreamed of being on network television. No. It was like, I mean, how many kids out there all over the country, all over the world are thinking, oh, I'd love to be on network television. Yeah, edit your and, dreams. I'm so glad you said that because yeah. I thought um, I'll only be on, on the stage, which is great. That's yeah. what I trained to do. Well, actually, you thought you you were going to be an attorney. I was going to be an attorney. <laughs> I was going to be an attorney. Truth be told, For right? truth be told, yeah. I was very good at it. Yeah, um, I bet you were. And I thought, I, I'll be an advocate. Yeah. And now I find myself, particularly in today's political climate, uh, yeah. being a different kind of advocate. Yeah, in a positive way. Very much so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very I know that's so. your story. So um, your background, you know, a lot of people... Um, don't know or share their backgrounds, especially when they're in the public light. Mm -hmm. But I know you're just like this very open door person, uh -oh. and it's a trick you... question. <laughs> it's a and setup. You... <laughs> <laughs> and you shared a little bit about your obstacles growing up in Tennessee, and sure. um, I know, uh, you know, you have two uh, two dads, which yeah. is unusual. Three, they're awesome. two, two they're gay awesome. married dads. Yes. Um, and then another wonderful third one. It's yeah. a modern family. Um, it is a modern family. How a, cool is that? It's wonderful. Yeah. You know, and a stunning mother. And um, yeah, it's it's tricky because you don't have the space to individuate uh, mm -hmm. as a young male mm -hmm. in a male-dominated society in a conservative Christian home. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not a knock to any of those things, but you're told this is the way, this is your worldview. Mm -hmm. And so... I think um, that's the problem today is that so many people are stuck in what they grew up in right. and not looking outside to 
try to be compassionate or connective to people that don't look like them or right. well, pray it, like know, them. Or it's, it's something that I am so grateful for NYU Grad Acting for encouraging us to live in the space of the unknown, to invite the space between two people. Mm-hmm. And that is where we find common ground. That is where is we Is that what change. you love about acting? Uh, it, it, sure. It's one of the things. You know, I, I was telling a group of students the other day that um, – I believe actors are You the just gar- walked into a school and started talking to That's students. what I do. That's what I do. Guard the doors. Guard the doors. Um, and I'm not a grizzly bear, so don't shoot me. Um, uh, you know, I, I believe actors are guardians of the human condition, mm-hmm. and I've always thought that. And I think it's one of the most courageous things you can do to be willing to inhabit uh, the places that scare you. Mm-hmm. You know, or the places that give you joy or loss or grief or despair, or whatever story we are called to share and mm-hmm. inhabit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think our desire collectively, or at least mine is, is to go, here is a mirror. Uh, I'm willing to hold this experience, and I hope you find yourself in it, and I hope it gives you peace. That's mm-hmm. my desire. And mm-hmm. You um, come from such a genuine place. It's I like do. you're one of those artists that... You know, you are never acting for whatever comes with that. No, it's a character. I don't. I think a lot of people. <laughs> I think people come to L.A. thinking, "Oh, I want to be an actor. I want to be famous." And mm. you know, it's funny. Someone like you uh, that doesn't even—you'd never even done one television appearance because no. I've known you a long time, and no. I know you're a great actor on, in theater. But uh, and and your first gig is, you know, your your series regular on a on a show because <laughs> Nina, Nina, Dara. yeah, right. But because you're so talented. Um, Thank you. I mean, right? That's Absolutely. we recognize talent. Absolutely. I mean, uh, and I know you're married to an actor, so yeah. I bet you have a soft spot for actors. I do, <laughs> I do, I do, and I think that um, you know one of the things that that Harry said, which is you you just um, y- you just have this. You're a student and a protector of that human condition, and and there's an honesty to mm-hmm. to this young man's work and I think that's when you see it you just know it and you feel it yes I agree and I've seen him on stage mm-hmm. and uh, in film and you are extraordinary and I want to be in that Texas Texas militia yeah <laughs> <laughs> I heard him say that and I went yeah. I'm country I'm a country kid you are a country you know but boy. I think I, there's something t- um, you know I went to the march mm-hmm. and um, bravo I, I'm glad we well, needed here's the, the guys thing. there people kept saying thank you yeah. And I appreciate that. It feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found myself saying thank you because yeah. I think that. Well, we had a Live, Love, Thrive booth there to tell people about our I looked program. For you, but there was no and way. Our, and our conference. I know, 750,000 people. Say it again. <laughs> 750,000 yeah, right. people. That's right. Um, but it, people came up to our booth and said thank you. We, I, we said thank you for marching, and they said, no, thank you for being here. Right. It was this wonderful energy yeah. at this thing. How many times do you get 750,000? people that it's um, that it's uh, positive peaceful. and peaceful that's peaceful. the word I was looking for peaceful. Peaceful. Right. not one I, we didn't even see I mean maybe I saw one or two police cars but there was a sense I mean if, if somebody stumbled or somebody there was always oh, somebody let me help you let me help yeah. you and it and was just awesome. amazing yeah when I, I thought uh, you know you don't need the qualification as a man or as a whatever I found right. as a human being yes right? and we've got to focus um, more on that that yeah. we're all saying which goes for equal pay we're all, like why is it a, a man's uh, salary and a woman's salary and it should just be a person's salary 
and yeah. particularly in yeah. Hollywood. But particularly in everything, like tech, only 5% of the CEOs are women, and you know, and, and mm. auto industry, maybe 7%. Uh, we actually had on the first Latin American GM for Honda in right. the country, which right. is a, 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 a woman. Uh, and, you know, that was um, well, there's one. A, there's one. Right. Well, there's a very interesting <laughs> statistic, and that is that the, the most rapidly growing segment of the population that is slipping into poverty is older women. Because Aww. what's happened is as you go through the pipeline, yes. you know, if you're making less money when you start out in life, then you're making less money, you know, when you're a little older in the workforce, you're paying less into Social Security. Mm. You're so so you literally it, it's precipitous decline. Right. So um, it's it's equal pay is good for the economy. You know, that's absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I've been saying this all along that having more women in positions of influence makes the world a better place. Right. Let's say just programming. Let's look at television programming. The more women that are in decision-making uh, positions, mm -hmm. they have different concepts of what should be in that programming than a man. So you need both perspectives at the exactly. table. If you have just one perspective, that's what makes a bunch of male-oriented shows that are not benefiting the world at large because you need the female characters, just like we need the gay characters and right. black characters. Well, and and real we, men, it needs to look like the real world. Exactly. And we're, we're evolving to that, but it's not quite there. Like the shows you're coming up with right. are ones that we haven't seen. Right. Right. So, uh, well, real men are not threatened by strong women. Right. And I, I, I just keep saying that again, and I've been in a lot of locker rooms my whole life, and mm -hmm. men... Real men don't talk about women that way. Right. right. And it's, I think it's essential for men all over the place to right. say, this is unacceptable. And, right. And it's, and. We have to ra raise a culture of uh, children and sons who ha respect women. Well, part of it, too, is is when you, as a child, observe, you know, you'll model behavior. So yes. Ruth, totally. Bader, Ruth Bader Ginsburg talks about, um, you know, her marriage to her husband, Marty. You know, they were in equal in the book. Mm -hmm. They were equal partners. Mm. She raised both her kids who observed Nancy Pelosi, same thing, where her kids, I mean, even though she didn't go, she didn't, she did not become active until uh, she had five children, didn't become politically active, but she, all of her children were raised where she saw that both parents had equal position in the household. So it's important in these shows that we see female leads. So as in Code Black, oh, which yeah. I know Nina Champion, to have a female lead, which mm -hmm. is uh, Marsha Gay Harden oh, yeah. playing Leanne, it's so nice to have uh, a female lead mm -hmm. in your show Code Black because it shows women at the top. You know, Well, but I, this is what it also does, is that it, it creates a culture on set, it creates mm -hmm. a culture in the world, it mm -hmm. creates a world in the hospital mm -hmm. where you know, yes, she's your boss, and yes, she's a woman of power, but you find there is grace, and there is generosity, and there mm -hmm. is compassion, and there is uh, a sense of sharing. And mm -hmm. and she brings something different to the table than the, even the males, like Louis Guzman's part, oh. mm -hmm. you know, or Rob oh. Lowe's part, you know, right. or your part as Angus. Sure. You know, she brings a different sensitivity. Absolutely. That's what I'm trying to say, is that whether it's the tech industry, automotive, mm -hmm. politics, or a hospital, whatever it is, television, uh, having that female perspective adds a whole new dimension. And that's what women, l girls, need to see. Right. They right. need to see more women in positions of influence to say, A, 
oh, okay, so I could be doing that too, and B, just to learn that uh, that that, that they do exist. Well, I think you have yeah. to see yourself represented. Yes, and whether that's it's what I'm television saying. or well print, you know, you have. Yes, and if it's if it's you know young women, young black girls, young Latinas, young queer people, mm-hmm. uh, young Jews, young atheists, and, you know, right. whatever it is, I think we have to encourage children that it's okay. And yes. and the only way to do that, I believe, particularly when you're talking about visuals as right. opposed to just living in this echo chamber, is we have to present images of themselves. Well, see, right. uh, Gina Davis, uh, who's a dear friend of mine, is also in the book, has uh, an institute. It's the Gina Davis Institute on Gender in Media. Mm-hmm. And there's an advocacy arm called See Jane. And their mission mm. is if you can see it, you can be it. Yes. And oh, they've yes. done a comprehensive, Perfect. they've done comprehensive studies. They're one of the few, if maybe the only, uh, organization has done this comprehensive study of, you know, the actual data of women's roles in film and on television and how there is a direct correlation between roles that women play in television mm-hmm. and how real women in real life will mirror and model those roles. Mm-hmm. Like when CSI was on the air, there was a huge uptick in women who went into forensic uh, into, I, right. into forensic of course, science. That's produced and created by my friend Ann Donahue. Yes, a it woman. is. A superstar. <laughs> and a superstar. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully Supergirl brings us superheroes. Absolutely. Female yeah. superheroes. Yes. Female superheroes. That's we it. need them. Yeah. We yes. need yeah. them. Yeah, well, they're out there. Yeah. We just they don't are. know about them. That's right. Thus, uh, programs like this where we can showcase women and the men that support them right. uh, who are doing amazing work in the world, but nobody knows about it. That's right. And <laughs> we need to be telling more of those stories through your book, through our shows, at our conferences. Absolutely. Uh, these are the untold stories. There's so many women doing incredible work in the world. And a lot of people don't know about it because we don't really have a, a pipeline of uh, platforms that are telling those stories. No. Um, so it is important. And um, thank you for sharing that. So um, let me ask you this. In your mm-hmm. background, mm-hmm. you had these obstacles you were telling me that were kind of dark things that happened. Sure. That, and, and do you bring that to your acting, all your personal experiences? I would think you do. Um. Sure. You know, I, I try not to bring it with me in the sense of mm-hmm. uh, my desire is to is to walk into any creative collaboration as a as a canvas, as it were. Um, and then through that collaborative process and the creators, you see what what story they're willing to tell. And I mm-hmm. go, well, here's what I can bring to fill that and bring it to life. And, right. you know, as as someone who has um, survived sexual violence and a uh, particular kind of bullying growing up and uh, reconciling one's faith, whether it's going from being a Presbyterian to a Buddhist to an Episcopalian now, you know, it's, it's, um, the, the desire to be seen and heard is present, uh, probably most, in the most forward way in my work. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think your struggles, my experience has been, uh, they are, they it have informed me Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm grateful that they have not gobbled me up. Right, you know? right. It's and I think that's that's as much about God and my mom and my dads and right. my, the people that I love and my team right. that I trust. You know, it's it's the company that you keep. And mm-hmm. um, when you came here, it to, gets better. Yeah. It's, it sounds so 
cliche, but it's true. But it's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. It just does. And coming here to, uh, to become an actor from uh, an area like Tennessee, where it's mm-hmm. very small town, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and, and New York. You know, I was in New York for and nine New York, years. And New York, yeah, and couldn't, Not so get, small couldn't town. get arrested. Yeah. you know, to work. And I had gone to graduate school and right. two and years you went of to being NYU. unemployed. I did. I yeah. got my MFA at NYU. Yeah. Um, and, uh, what and a I, great school. Huh? Beautiful school. And, yeah. um, you know, I've always said they they saved my life and then they gave me my life. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean that, you know, because right. they, they recognize talent and then they go, now all the things you're great at, let's work on the rest of it. And then as you leave, your your tricks become tools, and then oh. you become a craftsperson right. um, and an artist as opposed to a, a, a fearful charmer, which is what I <laughs> You know, c- you coming, still have a little of that. Well, but I mean, you know, but, but coming right out of... I think you get that from your dad. Well, probably. All of them, really. When you're coming out of art school, there's a, there's a real fear of, uh, I've got to do whatever they say. I've got to take whatever job I get. I've got to, yeah. do, I've got to do anything because there's a real fear there's not enough room at the table. And I know you thought, you know, you know is being an actor really a legitimate... I mean, a lot of actors, I think, Well, I think there's a lot of shame. Like, how do I make a living doing that? Right. I mean, well, and yeah. as long as we continue to work for free... And then here you are. Right. But if we work for free, we will always be ashamed. Right. And I'm a, I'm a tremendous advocate for people saying, give me a subway card. Yeah. Give me a right. dollar. Give me 50 cents. Uh, so put, put put a, a value. value. Oh, I love that. That's, because, that's great advice. Right, because if, if we continue to show up and say, mm-hmm. I'll work for free, you know, the rebuttal is always, well, someone else will. Yeah. Well, then let them do that. But right. But I but find that if I can tuck myself <laughs> in at night. Yeah. Uh, I have got. I have to value what I think is important. Right. So how and many t- uh, subway tickets do you have? <laughs> I didn't get any. No, I didn't get any. You know, which is part of my rage. Mm. So tell us some of the uh, roles that you've played. I know you've played uh, some things in Shakespeare. And sure. I mean, Macbeth. I think yeah. was one of my um, greatest highlights in graduate oh, school. God. And looking back on it, I go, you know, it was full of anger and rage and volume and. The desperation and you know wrestling mm-hmm. with it, but um, even with Code Black, you find the perspective of the end of season two and the pilot where Nina walks in and the network brass and the network brass comes in and you know everybody else and you go, uh oh, uh, we're in big trouble here. Right. And then all of a sudden you start to find your way. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's th- there have been projects that you've never heard of that you'll never hear of um <laughs> there was uh i understudied tr knight in romeo and juliet as mercutio and oh i was guaranteed to go on three nights and that is still one of the highlights for me because oh i God. i love language i think uh words matter truth matters mm-hmm. um and as an artist uh we we are called upon to speak truth to power Mm-hmm. And so I think it's an exciting time. It's an exciting yeah. time uh, I, I love to the, be alive. I love the uh, the act, the actor or the excuse me the character that you play on Code Black. Oh. Angus has so many uh, la- layers to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I he, wonder: do people wonder is that you? I mean, all, oh, you know, all, the, all time. the time, right? All the time. And my father recently just said to someone, uh, <laughs> you know, she said, "I'm so afraid I don't know that I'll ever be able to say hello to him." And he said, "You should, because he's sweeter than Angus is," <laughs> um, which is hard to believe. You know, Angus is. I, I'm lucky uh, in that they saw me, met me, and then in many ways. Um, 
they imbued the character with a lot of me. Oh, yeah. I feel um, that too. Yeah. You know, you. And I think he's yeah. a little light and he's a little advocate and he's trying to find his way. Right. And, uh, he's filled with self-doubt and whether it's about mm-hmm. how you love or who you love or, you know, what so-and-so said to you or what was denied you or the way you feel seen and perceived in the world, mm-hmm. uh, he... Uh, he finds his way, mm-hmm. and I think at the at the end of season two, in particular, uh, he's he's ready to see what that next step of confidence looks and feels like. And I think that um, so you relate to it a lot. Oh, it's yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's tricky because yeah. every day I still am waiting for them to have moved all the stuff out of my trailer and <laughs> taken my car keys and gone. Go go back to no. Tennessee. Go home. You know, you've been caught. You're a fraud. And I think that. Uh, Michael's always talking about that, that it's this it's that this complex, feels that way. it's this yeah. fraud complex. Yeah. And I think actors uh, in the back of our mind, we know we're pretending everyone else does. And you're a doctor. Yeah. And you're an expert. I was going to say, doctor. that must be you know, it's, really it's, challenging. It's to fraud play a on top of fraud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we're students, so mistakes are, uh, are possible. Oh, right, because you're playing a resident. Right. right. Yeah. Poor Marcia Gay. Now she has to be expert, which she is. Yeah. She you is. Know, she she's an is. extraordinary yeah. Is it human fun being. having Rob Lowe on now? Rob, I tell you, he he is He's a, a pretty a boy. Cons- I mean, my <laughs> first scene with him. My first scene in the first season was with him. Yeah. And he looked at me and I couldn't make eye contact. And I, <laughs> you know, I'm not starstruck. It's not really my thing because I don't really care. But I did I did find myself saying, Rob, I can't look you in the eye. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. So I'm just gonna look at your at your one eye. I apologize. And he's like, Oh, that's okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. He's funny too. He's yeah. really funny. Yeah. You're a nice guy, huh? Very. Yeah, you know, so many people in this industry, I think, have a bum rap. I think people think Hollywood and, you know, but really it, it's, it's people like the two of you that are down to earth and just wanting to make the world a better place and do good things I, with your gifts. I would say and, I think theater, having a theater background yeah. really does help kind of normalize the and, and makes you feel more real and more grounded mm-hmm. you know i think you 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 know humbling you, it is humbling yeah. because it's really hard work yeah, yeah. and they're long hours yeah. and um you know if you have an eight show a week schedule um right it's tough. It's yeah. tough. But you also feel like a sense of a, of a community. You know, there's something wonderful right. about that experience. And I, I have such profound respect for actors who have trained and studied and worked on stage. Um, it really is. Um, you see it in their work. I mean, when, when, when Harry came into audition, he owned his space. Um, you can also tell a stage actor, literally by the way they walk into a room. I mean, really? how they stand, how they, 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 they own the space around them and um, you could tell that the moment he walked in the room. My gosh, yeah. it's gonna make me cry or blush or <laughs> both. I don't know which it is. I think too this idea of you know Hollywood celebrity that you know I've seen so much in social media that actors should just stick to acting and keep their mouths shut. And I oh, think it's no. an extraordinary moment for us to go. We are people. Yeah. And and our job does yeah, not you're define right. they us. Treat, they treat you like they're not well, people. You know, like and, you're, and while you know. there is a, a different kind of responsibility with celebrity, which I don't have, but, you know, you have a, a, a wider platform, you have more access. But right. I I just, I I think it's an extraordinary moment for us to go, I, I hear what you're saying. My, my desire is not to wipe out your opinion. Yeah. Um, but we are people mm-hmm. and we are hurting and we are scared or we are not or whatever it is. Right. Um, Actors are people. Thank yeah. God. 
Thank yeah. God right. they are people. People forget that, I think. And imperfect. Yeah. I mean, there's also that. Sure. We somehow forget Wait a minute. Are you all... two are imperfect? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no. We don't have to talk. Are we running out of time? <laughs> Who to fun? Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> you're so right. You're so right. <laughs> you're so right that you're imperfect? No, no, no. No, no. what you were just saying. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> the people, yeah, go ahead. No, I just think that the sense of community yes. of actors. And it was interesting because um, America Ferrara started at in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. opened the, the march. And she is an actress and an activist. And I think if you're an actor, you are you are an activist as well because right. you're advocating for the human race. And, and of course, Streisand really opened so the true. one yes. here. Yes. And both act, actor and activist right. always has been. Right. Yeah, yeah, human race advocate. Yeah. I'm yeah. stealing That's that. That's it. Have it. It's yours. <laughs> human <laughs> race advocate. I like that. No, activist. Activist. Yes. I'm a human race race. Race activist. Human race activist. Oh, I do like it's that. It's meta. Yeah. Okay, we're stealing that. Okay. We're all well, thank you both for being on the show and thank keep you. doing the wonderful work you're both doing. Thank you. um, I know you're going to continue to produce some amazing things. They're going to be very cutting edge so. and very women empowering. And I hope people pick up the book thank for their you. for that are mothers and daughters and 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 every woman that could benefit. And men, men and should men. read it big time because yeah. so many of the mothers talk about. I mean, you know, when when you you know women who have you know, boys and girls, you yes. know, sons and daughters. And, and you know, Cecile Richards was as focused on raising her son as a feminist as she was as raising her daughter. Dolores Huerta, who was one of the co-founders of the uh, Migrant Farm Workers Union mm. with Cesar Chavez, had 11 children. All 11 children mm-hmm. are in public service. So it's, it's an, wow. you know, it's amazing that, um, you know, it, we can raise our, our sons as feminists and our daughters as feminists. Absolutely. Totally. So what I told my daughter, they can yes. find it on Amazon. Yes. Nina Tassler's the author, and uh, everybody should be reading that to help empower their daughters because yes. this is the time. I'm yes. very excited, and thank you for being on the show, my Harry. Thank you. I love what you're doing and that you're 100% behind women's empowerment as well. I am. We need that, and uh, really appreciate you both. You're both so genuine and authentic, and uh, it's a breath of fresh air to spend time with both of you. Thank you. Pleasure. So we will be back next week uh, with Live, Love, Thrive. More guests. Uh, stay tuned every Wednesday on UBN at noon. And you can also check us out, of course, on uh, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and other outlets. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Hugs and happiness. The Live Love Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. The Live, Love, Thrive radio show is produced by 360karma.com. Are you a 360 Karma woman? If so, spread the word. Be sure to follow us on social media at 360 Karma Women on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like us and share us with family and friends. This is the year of the woman, and we are stronger together.